previously on Fun Science Fiction. And fortunately, the finger of fate pointed my direction. And <laughs> the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Daniel Jose Older. Welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast that believes that real Disney princesses are aliens. Sure, it's a thinker, but we gave up thinking about it. All right, so our guest today is a New York Times bestselling author for young adult fantasy and sci-fi series. He's also the lead story architect for Star Wars, the High Republic series. We are extremely excited to welcome and have Daniel Jose Older with us today. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, we are, are super excited. Um, and I think possibly me more than, than the others, they, they'll, they'll challenge me for it, but it'll be a fight and I'll win. Uh, no, because, I'll let you have this one. Because I am our resident Star Wars fanboy, so I am always super excited to talk to another Star Wars fan. Uh, I loved knowing what gets Star Wars fans involved uh, in the universe. Where was your entry point? What got you in? What makes you tick? What keeps you coming back uh, to the universe? You know, all that type of stuff. So in your case, Daniel, where was your entry point into Star Wars fandom? What's your favorite movie? And what about it fuels your creativity for Star Wars? 1983. I was three years old and Return of the Jedi dropped. It was the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater. Uh, changed my life. I went running out of the theater when the Rancor came on and had to come back <laughs> when it was over because I was terrified. I was three. But then I kept coming, back, coming back for more and more and more. Um, the next Star Wars thing I remember besides all the toys um, was the behind the scenes like mini documentary they made about Return of the Jedi, which I was equally obsessed with. Um, particularly the creature stuff. That was really that's always, it remains my sweet spot. Um and, and really, like, the whole, I love the whole movie, but really Jabba's, that whole opening sequence of Jabba's Palace, that's, like, for me, that's the heart of Star Wars. That's where I truly fell in love. And I, uh, outside of Star Wars, I also really love just gangster movies and books and stories. Um, the Godfather is probably my favorite movie, along okay. with Return of the Jedi. So it all kind of, those are my happy places. And what keeps me coming back is honestly great storytelling. Like, just across the board, you know, Star Wars is just always, invested itself in great storytelling and that's what allows it i think to cross so many genres successfully and to do so many different mediums successfully um i've been playing the oculus um virtual reality uh games in batu all day it's amazing <laughs> fantastic storytelling so there's just so much and they just there's so many interesting and experimental uh projects involved and they just keep growing you know it's a franchise that grows not just in terms of like how gigantic it is, but also in terms of like the different directions that it's willing to go in. And, and then as a storyteller, that's something that I also gravitate to because I know I'm, um, this is a place where it'll honor my voice and honor my love of trying out different things and seeing what works and good storytelling and everything else. Excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm in for all of that. That's a good answer, man. Yeah. So, and you talked about Jabba being the, Jabba's Palace being one of your favorite scenes. And speaking of favorites, StarWars.com lists Dr. Afra as your favorite character. And she's something of a fringe element in the, the Star Wars universe. Not really Imperial or Rebel, not really light or dark. So what is it about those fringe elements that you find appealing as a storyteller and as a fan? No, totally. I mean, first of all, Afra is like iconic in that 
who else amongst us has defeated Vader at Vadering, like at his own game? And with nary a force use involved, out Vadered Vader. That is incredible, <laughs> first of all. Second of all, she's hilarious. Third of all, she is extremely chaotic, but she does have a heart of gold. And that balance, you know, that is really, that goes right back to that, you know, Han Solo and that whole Atlando and that vibe of scoundrel that we've had throughout the entire saga. Um, but I feel like she brings a whole new aspect to it. And just following her, you know, trajectory through the comics has been so rewarding. Um, I love what Alyssa Wong is doing with her. I love what Sai did. I love what Kieran did from the beginning. Like, it's such a great run throughout, and I'm just enjoying every second of it. I, I love the outvadered Vader. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, knew. though. Yep, yep. <laughs> Who else? So now, when you're writing, there's quite the process that is involved with writing from the idea to seeing the final product, it but it's definitely rewarding. So which aspect about writing do you enjoy the most? Mm, great question. I it's the it's the early stage of when you start to feel it actually come to life in your hands and you realize like, okay, this is really something, right? And then it gets difficult again and you try to like then you gotta figure out what it is and which direction it's gonna take. And then there's a moment further in where you're like Okay, this thing, like that initial impulse, I can see it coming true now on the page. And that whole process, I adore that. Um, the part I don't like is editing, partially because I'm, I'm not a perfectionist. <laughs> like, if there's a comma out of place, it doesn't bother me that much. And it's time consuming and it's annoying. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, all right, I guess I'll check it this sentence over one more time it's just annoying at that point because what i love is like the creativity aspect of it coming up with the story making the story work all the nuts and bolts with it i will say though now that i'm writing comics which is a newer thing for me um being able this it's the um the collaborative aspect which is also what's really cool about the higher public in general is that we as the writer team we're all you know just collaborating constantly but the collaborative aspect with an artist is just next level cool because I'm just constantly getting amazing art in my inbox all the time. Amazing Star Wars art, amazing Star Wars art. Like, and sometimes it's the artists themselves, and sometimes it's like they'll dig up old, really cool designs from the archive and be like, oh, we could use this. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Yes, we could. Like, they sent me a beast that we used in um, issue three of Higher Public Adventures, it's, and I got to name it. It's called Bogaran. And it was some old concept art that they hadn't used. And they were just like, hey, do you want this? And I was like, yes, yes, I want that. Give me that. Like, fine, <laughs> dibs. And I took it and, you know, made it. I got to name it and make it a creature. It was really fun. How cool is that to see your ideas become real like that? That is... It's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. All I know is that if I shared that inbox with you, I would never stop giggling. <laughs> every, every time I get a, like, <laughs> there's new art. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, that's what I feel like. Like it's such a gift. Every day it's a gift. And and right now I'm kind of juggling a couple different series. So it's like whether it's Higher Public Adventures or Trail of Shadows, I'm getting stuff in pretty regularly, and it, it's truly just like the best feeling ever. Oh. That is really cool. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine having the that visual representation of one of my ideas. Like that's just. 
That is so cool. And for it to be Star Wars. I like, know, and, and well done. Like, <laughs> Harvey Tolibao is a fantastic artist. Dave Wachter is incredible. Um, the two artists on my second run, they're both amazing. And, um, like, so I'm really blessed on that count, too. And I'll say, like, I have a number of books out at this point, and you don't get the same, as a novelist, like, you don't get the same visual interaction <clears throat> with your characters because you maybe get a cover, well, you get a cover, but it might have a character on it, it might not. You know, I've been blessed to get a couple of pieces of fan art, you know, throughout my career, and that's always amazing. But it's nowhere near the just the constant deluge of art, you know, seeing the characters in different positions, doing different things, like yeah. having different emotions. Like, that's another level entirely, and it's so rewarding. That's... I, I have to admit, though, I have never been jealous of somebody else's inbox, and I find myself <laughs> jealous of somebody else's email <laughs> inbox, and it's a, kind of an odd feeling. I'm. I want Star Wars art. <laughs> I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm sitting here going, wow, email's kind of cool all of a sudden. Email is awesome. (laughs) It's like motivation to keep the box fairly clean, too, because I want to be able to enjoy the great art when it comes in. So I'll be like, all right, yeah, 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 answer that, get it out, get it out, get it out. Absolutely. Now I just want to look at art all day. Oh, that's Um, Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. So uh, in addition to you being, uh, you know, working on the High Republic series um, and a comic writer for them as well, you, you talked about that. Um, you've had some very other successful young adult fantasy and sci-fi novel series. And, and we're talking like New York Times best-selling kind of successful. So where did your influences for writing come from? Because from what, what I read, uh, you when you got started in writing, you never really saw yourself as an author, and you kind of saw yourself as an outlier, somebody kind of like just throwing stuff in there to kind of shake up the world. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely knew I wanted to tell stories. Um, I didn't know what that path would lead to. I didn't know what medium it would be. I spent a lot of my 20s trying to figure that out and doing a lot of music um, to tell stories, which was a lot of fun and rewarding and rewarding in different ways, but not... Um, not financially. <laughs> so, uh, you know, on a very practical level, I just needed to make some money to get out the ambulance. I was a paramedic at the time. And it was a great job, but I also knew I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. Um, I knew I wanted to tell stories. So writing novels was like a very straightforward way to do that. And that's what I gravitated toward eventually. Um, I was really influenced by writers like Octavia Butler, uh, Walter Mosley, were some of my favorites, or remain some of my favorites. Um, Star Wars, for sure. And, you know, I just, I wasn't sure how it would go or how to make my mark. I just knew that storytelling was something I wanted to do. And I definitely knew that I had things to say about the world and I wanted to say them with adventure and with excitement because those were the stories that moved me the most when I was a kid and, and continue to to this day. And I feel like that's the, like, I can write an essay and, and I enjoy it. I do it sometimes. But for me, like the sweet spot and I think the real way to like reach people, you know, in their hearts is through story. Nice. Okay. And speaking of influences, what three pieces of advice would you give to someone who wants to tell their story? Mm, three. Huh. Uh, uh, tricky one. Um, I would say, you know, first of all, self-care is the most important thing. Um, it's more important than, like, people will tell you to write every single day. I think that's terrible advice. Um, just on a very basic level, a lot of people can't, you know, for various reasons. And they shouldn't if they can't, because the one thing that will stop you from writing is not missing a day, but it's feeling bad about missing a day and then feeling shameful and then feeling regret. And then you're thinking about all the days you didn't write instead of actually thinking about what you want to write. And that's not helpful. 
Um, so I really believe in what that comes back to again is self care is taking care of yourself and not uh, overdoing it, not pushing yourself too hard and not burning out. You're not going to write well if you're burnt out. You're not going to write at all if you're burnt out because you just got to recover. And that's what it is. I say that as someone who has taken uh, even an entire year off in the middle of my career. And it was very, very crucial that I did that. Um, you, you have to take care of yourself. I would also say keeping a journal is really helpful. Um, doesn't have to be deep. You know, I don't write any, I don't write that much personal stuff usually. I just, just it's just like somewhere where I can jot down notes and get things out of my head and onto the page. I find it very rewarding to keep it on the computer because that actually kind of warms you up to then writing whatever you're going to write. You know, it's hard to sort of sit down. You're going about your business. You're living your life, walking the dogs, you know, eating breakfast, and then you just sit down and you're supposed to be creative. If you can kind of ease into that more by just jotting down how you're feeling, what's going on, it changes the dynamic between yourself and the page. And finally, I would say, you know, try try different things. Like, you know, allow yourself to be playful and experiment and, and you know, try different um, motifs and, and rhythms and storytelling techniques and really, you know, push yourself, grow. Like, I'm, I'm just always growing as a writer. And that's, it, first of all, just, it makes me a better writer. And that's that's great. But also just for me, it, it's, it continues, it keeps things challenging and interesting and, and exciting, you know, that I'm pushing myself in different directions. Like I said, comics is new to me and that's given me a whole new experience of writing that I never would have had and a whole new take on my career. And as a, as a side bonus, like it also brings me a lot more readers in a whole other realm and I get to see cool art all the time. Like we talked about. (laughs) That's cool. I like that your, your advice is to take care of yourself, not just the, you have to write, you have to do, no, you do have to take care of yourself because you're going to burn yourself out otherwise. Indeed. Like the number of times that people's mental health is not first on their list is just exactly. sad. Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, just real quick. That's uh, so there's a, another writer that, that we've had on the show before. Her name is Sarah Ray Werner. Um, she writes a, a, a podcast called Girl in Space. It's really cool. I strongly suggest everybody go check that out. If, you ha- if, if you're listening to this and you want a cool uh, episodic uh, sci-fi podcast, go check out Girl in Space. But she also does a live show on Wednesday nights and Friday nights where, where uh, she gets creative people together and they sit down and they write and, you know, they're together mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. So she gets in there, everybody talks for about a half hour, then it's like an hour of quiet, everybody goes and writes or does whatever. Hmm. Like and, and one of the things that, that she talks about in that is, is she always tells people two things. Number one, don't feel like you have to write just because you're here. You know, sometimes you just need to take the night off. You just need to be around other people who are creative and or or whatever. Uh, and and she also tells people uh, so that her two biggest things are hydrate, don't dehydrate, <laughs> and, and then secondly, secondly, take care of yourself. That's great. Uh, you know, she's like, and then if because if you're doing those things, uh, the writing will come back around. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So. Totally. It just your advice just helped, reminded me of that because I was I was in her live show last night and you know oh cool yeah so definitely so I understand from my research that you feel that most dystopian young adult fiction is lacking in ethnic and cultural diversity so are there any of those novels or series that you find that have a well done diverse cast and what do they do to get it right. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just recommending some to NPR right before this call, in fact. Um, there's a couple books. I don't, uh, they're not necessarily dystopian exactly, but they're definitely um, young adult fantasy um, that have come out recently. But there's one called Wings of Ebony by J.L. That's fantastic. Um, set both in this world and in a kind of adjacent hidden world and just really cool magic systems. 
Um, lots of different cultures represented, just beautifully done. Another is called Legendborn by Tracy Dion. Beautiful book, gets into Arthurian, Arthurian lore and legends mm-hmm. and secret societies in different universities and stuff like that. And just a great uh, kind of look at history and um, family and family history and mythology all mixed together. My daughter's actually reading, uh, reading Legendborn right now. Oh, cool. Look at that. Oh, that's oh. awesome. That's great. Yeah, I, my bookworm daughter. Uh, I, th- I swear every time she goes to the library, she's held them up at gunpoint. She comes back with so many books. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, it, that was the thing is last time I talked to his daughter and she's like, and this is my stack of books to read. And I'm like, there's 60 books in that stack. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. you've done well. Yeah. So she didn't get the reading bug from me. I'm, I am more of the visual person that she definitely got that from her mother. Yeah. Um, so I, I try to read, I do well with audiobooks. I love oh, audiobooks. Yeah. Sure. Um, I have a hard time sitting down and, but if I'm in a car, mm-hmm. you know, I'll throw on an audio book while I'm driving, even right. if it's just five minutes and listen to five minutes of a book or, you know, a podcast or something along those lines. That's, that's where I get my stuff from. Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, but now another thing, uh, Daniel is that I read. So in doing my research, uh, and several places out here on the interwebs, uh, I see that, and we talked about this just a few minutes ago too. You, you brought this up that you listed the entrance scene to Jabba's palace mm-hmm. as in Return of the Jedi as your favorite scene in all of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Now, with all the iconic scenes available in Star Wars cinema, and there is some really, I, I think about the, you know, the 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 fight between uh, Luke and Vader in in uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back, which happens to be my favorite movie of all time, not just in Star Wars of all time. Um. But I think of all these different scenes, what was it about that scene that grabbed your attention so much? Because you mentioned it earlier. Mm. Um, It's it's multiple layers, I think. On the very basic, like, uh, visual layer, it's just, it's so cool. Like, there's so many amazing dynamics going on. Physically, the creature shop clearly just went to town. The creatures don't feel like people in suits. They feel like very lived in creatures that have their own lives and cultures and histories and, you know, have nothing to do with this world. To me, like that moment explodes the galaxy. It makes it infinitely wider. And I would even argue that like so much of what happened after that in terms of like expanding the galaxy, really expanding it, um, is based in just that explosion of creatures that we see so many, so suddenly, right? on the screen mm-hmm. and it's like whoa this is not just and then along with that i would say it's it it transforms the story arc so that you know up to that point we've been very uh empire versus rebellion right like that was really right and and yeah there were other elements at play there are bounty hunters etc of course and that's i think one of the things that's always made star wars great is that there are so many other elements it's not just a simplistic good versus evil but here we have like Front and center, the main conflict has nothing to do with the Empire, but it's still a very, you know, just profoundly engaging uh, conflict where we have this very heroic figure coming in and, you know, doing what needs to be done as part of a team who is embedded, we find out, you know, and like there's a whole plan in play. play. It's really a heist and heists are kind of my favorite thing, too. So we have the criminal element, the creature element, the heist element. Um, you know, the classic just um, good versus evil element, but in a complex kind of way. So everything is in it, like so many different things. And, you know, and then cool creatures. There's a rainbow. Like there's so many cool creatures. Right. There's a frog dog. All this stuff. Like I, 
it's it's like it has everything. Okay. You know, so for me, one of the things I love about Star Wars and talking to other Star Wars fans, I mentioned this earlier, is just talking about, I love to hearing different perspectives on things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I talked with uh, another broadcast, another podcast who talked about uh, The Last Jedi, and I did not have a fair opinion of The Last Jedi at that point. I had had some pretty severe issues with the movie, mm-hmm. and and in talking about it, I came out of it with a different perspective. That's really cool. And I went back and I rewatched it through through that perspective, and it yeah. made the, the movie so much better. And oh. I did the same thing with Solo. I had a problem. I had some serious problems with Solo as well. Sure. And I went back and I watched that movie, and they're like, you know, you got to go back and you got to watch it as a heist movie. Watch it as a heist movie. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense now. Okay. Yep. yep exactly. And I went back and I watched that movie as in that format, and it made it so much better. So I have to be honest with you. I, up until this moment, I could not understand why, out of all the things that are available in Star Wars, I'm like, what was so special about that scene? <laughs> but I guarantee you, I will be watching uh, Return of the Jedi tonight. That's great. No, I, I'm not. I'm not playing. I'm going to go. Oh, I'll leave you. Absolutely. I will, I will be watching Return of the Jedi tonight, and I'll be watching it through that perspective. I want to. I want to see. You know, I want to get the opportunity to see what you saw in, in this cool. and, and, and look at it that way. So, uh, thanks for the perspective, man. For sure, absolutely. I need to watch Solo again. Oh, yeah, we all do. I watched it once and had a small infant at that point, and I'm pretty sure I fell asleep during the movie. Like, I actually uh, read the script. I don't remember it. I read the script first, um, which was really cool, because I was writing Last Shot, and that was my first Star Wars novel. So Mm -hmm. they, they brought me out to read the script in a room where all this Star Wars stuff was happening around me, and there was a life size Ahsoka figure just standing over me with the lightsaber. And I was like, how am I supposed to concentrate? He's <laughs> no. right there. You know, and of course I had to sign off like, you know, my soul and my everything else, and, you know, for the NDAs and everything because the movie hadn't come out yet. It was still being made, but it was worth it. You know how many selfies I had taken with Ahsoka the whole time? I've been like, huh? Right. I think I limited my selfies to the Yoda fountain. <laughs> Most of because that's, that's in public, and I didn't—I didn't know if I was allowed to take pictures down there. Oh, gotcha. That's probably a safe bet. You know that—that's got to be one of the scarier contracts in the world to sign—is oh, yeah. a Disney Star Wars contract. Like that is. There's basically drones all around my house at any given moment with laser. <laughs> I know what your soul and your new your firstborn. <laughs> So our Facebook group, we have almost 137,000 followers, wow. and it's just filled with memes, and it's usually a mixture of various ideas and universes to create humor. Um, what two characters from different nerdiverses would you like to see come together to either rule the galaxy together or to save it? Whoa! That's a tough one. Have you guys been watching What If? Mm-hmm. Love it. It's so good, right? I, I didn't... I actually hate hypotheticals. Not your question. I mean, like, in life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, it's okay. You can, hate, you can hate Nick's question. It's okay. No, no, I like your question. I don't mind them in <laughs> fandoms. Fandoms are different. But in but in life, like, when someone's like, if I said this, what would you say? I hate that. <laughs> like, you just want to have an argument like about something that doesn't even exist. But, right. but um, it, somehow they really make it work with Marvel. But to get back to your question, I don't... No, I had to think about it. It's such a good question, and I just okay. definitely Loki because Loki. Sure, pretty basic. 
I mean, Loki and Lando Calrissian. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that'd be an interesting combo. That's it. It's chaotic, and it's also deep down got a good heart. Smooth and chaos all at the same time. That sounds dangerous. Oh, it's very dangerous. That's why I like it. (laughs) That oh, that sounds like so much fun. Mm -hmm. Loki and Lando. Oh goodness. Oh my. (laughs) Nope. My brain's going to keep spiraling down. I'm just going to start thinking about that later today and be like, oh. Yes. It'll be part of the multiverse thing. What, right. <laughs> what, what can go wrong? Everything. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we love most about Star Wars is that it goes beyond generational borders. Everything, every age can find something they love about it. Being a millennial Star Wars fan, my appreciation for the series is a lot different than yours and Tim's Gen X appreciation. I'm technically a millennial. You, okay, you are like, you're elder millennial. <laughs> I am elder millennial. What a terrible term. Geriatric millennial. That's me. But yes, it's all right. It's all right. And I feel old again. Thanks. And okay. okay, Tim, it happens. We have to do this once a show just to remind you that you're the old man here. <laughs> yes, carry on. Yeah. But I mean, even my dad, who was a who was a baby boomer, loved Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So every generation finds something different that they love about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, what do you want to bring to the future of Star Wars? Not plot specific, because I don't want Disney coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things that are now iconic Star Wars: the Millennium Falcon, Ewoks, even Jar Jar Binks is iconic Star Wars. So what do you want to be remembered for? Um, definitely, like, I'm really proud of the original characters that I've already brought and the ones that are coming up, um, who I can't talk about, but uh, I'm really excited about them. I think, like, overall, what we're doing with the higher public does so much powerful and thoughtful work around the Jedi Order and the Force and really expanding what we know about it and what we understand about it and I say both the Order and the Force because I think the Order of the High Republic is so different from the Order of the prequels. And it's been really, really fun, first of all, but also just uh, thought-provoking to explore what a Jedi Order looks like in a time of peace and how that allows the different Jedi to really you know, use the Force in different ways. Uh, I have one Padawan, Ram, who is really mechanic-focused, and he basically uses the force to fix speeders. Like he, that's his favorite thing to do. You know, he's like fourteen. Like he's a kid, and he just loves fixing things. And he understands machines really well. And he has the force, so he can go in there and you know fuss with things and everything else. And on one level, that's sort of a small fun thing. On another level, it's like wow, like what can you accomplish in peacetime that you couldn't do because you're spending all your time trying to like fight a war and survive and everything else. And so we get to ask those questions that people have different understanding, metaphorical understandings of the force. People have different understandings of what it means to truly walk in the force, to be a Jedi, you know, to understand confronting fear, confronting attachments, like all of those deeper questions that I know I wondered about as a kid and as an adult, like, like looking at the different material we had, it's very gratifying to be able to explore them deeply through characters and with story group along the way, you know, helping out and giving notes and being thoughtful about everything. So that's definitely a big piece of, I think, what we're collectively doing. And then, you know, again, like for myself, it's, it's the characters. I'm really proud of the characters that I've brought into the canon and uh, the ones that I have coming up. You'd mentioned that you got to create a beast, which 
as a Star Wars, I, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not a super fan. Yeah. So can you tell us more about the, the beast that you got to create? Oh, I've created a number of beasts. Well, there is that. <laughs> few, actually. actually, that was one of the one of the notes that really first uh, surprised me the most when I wrote Last Shot. Um, I think the original outline had it set on a couple of really known planets. I forget which ones. And when I met with Story Group, they were like, you know, we've seen these planets a ton. Like, why don't you make up some new planets? And I was like, you want me to just make up a Star Wars planet? And they are like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, not a problem. And that's when I really started... <laughs> You know, it's a big galaxy, so they, they do encourage that. And that's so, I was like, great, planet, 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 moon, moon, planet, creature, 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 planet, 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 culture, boom. And uh, I had a great time. Now, specifically, the Barbaran is a creature that they, they passed me along the concept art for. And uh, I don't actually know who the original artist is that they gave it to me, but it's really cool and it's huge and it kind of looks spider-like, but also like a giant... Uh, reptile maybe with many legs and like weird little uh, tendrils on its face and stuff and um, kind of looks like a giant cockroach lizard Ooh. and someone's like leading it along in front and there's a saddle on it too so um, so I, I really just wanted to have fun with it and put it in an arena and have a big like gladiator fight and um, one thing they're kind of known for is that when they're hungry they exude slime out of their mouth that's extremely slippery which is why you need the guy in the front to kind of like guide it forward and it's a very dangerous job because you're slipping on slime the whole time and it's hungry. So most people die. Um, but, you know, it's fun. That's... The mental image of that creature is just gross. <laughs> yes, you can read about it in uh, the High Republic Adventures. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, Daniel, without asking for spoilers or hidden information, I want to ask you a no pressure question about the High Republic. Okay. Yes. All right. Now, there's lots of stories, there's lots of comments, or comics, rather, coming out about... There's lots of comments, too. Trust me. Twitter is, Twitter is ablaze with uh, excitement about the High Republic. But, personally, for Daniel, yeah. what does it mean to you to be so involved with this project, and what have you enjoyed the most about the series? Oh, what a good question. There's no spoilers in that. I mean, it's just been... Well, I'm just prefacing that so that we make sure that there, everybody understands that we're not looking for anything hidden. <laughs> I know you're not. So you're the not Disney here. knows that we're not. <laughs> listen, listen, Disney, understand. That be, <laughs> not. Um, but no, you know, it's the team aspect, I think, is the most uh, rewarding and cool part about the whole thing is that um, both the, the High Republic team of writers who are all just writers I really respect and care for because we're friends now and you know they're just they do great work so it's really fun we, we're, we're all very different writers and i think at this point i could pretty definitely identify each of them by a single paragraph of their work because i'm very familiar with who they are and what they do oh, that's cool. yeah but um but also just and then michael siglane who's really the kind of head of the whole thing um he's the head of disney uh or lucasfilm publishing rather uh and he's just really the one that gathered us together um he's the one who I always think that there's a line in the solo preview that didn't make it into the movie where Beckett is saying, I'm putting together a team. And it never, I don't think it's in the movie, but it's a, it's an iconic line, right? That's Sig Lane. That's Michael. Like, he was like, all right, I'm putting together a team. And we were his team. So it's the honor of being asked to do it, first and foremost. And then it's the thrill of getting to do it and seeing it through and then seeing it, like, come to fruition. And then finally, like, the the which you which you touched on, but the but the fan reaction has been 
incredible and beyond. I really can honestly say that I went into it with no, I just had no idea what it was, how it was going to hit. You know, I really went into it being like, I'm just here to tell great stories and make good Star Wars. That's it. You know, that's my job. And I hope it lands. And I know that's out of my control. All I can do is tell great stories as best I can. And, and with the team and, and that, you know, that it's nice in a way to be in a team because you, you bring less ego into it because it's a group project, right? So you're right. all invested in it in different ways, but it's different than being like, this is my book and my world that I created. So, you know, if it lands, it's about me, right? Like that's, uh, you know, and you try to divest yourself anyway, even when it's just your thing, but it's a lot easier to do that when you're working in a group. So I went into it being like, all right, you know, I'm here for the team. I want to do well. I want us to hit. I don't know what's going to happen. But what I didn't expect was the true just like passion and thoughtfulness that people have brought to the higher public. Like, I should have expected it because Star Wars fans are like that. Star Wars fans are like that across the board. We have to pause. No. Um, and, and, but it's like the fan art, the, the discourse, the conversation, like the things that people are taking from it is so amazing to hear. And like, that's on par with hitting the New York Times bestseller list. Like, and the fact that the fan conversation is ongoing even when it's not a release week, right? Like, you can log on to Twitter at any given moment and people will be talking about the High Republic. That is incredible. That is beyond what I imagined. And it is truly just like such a gift. Um, you know, so that's, you know, I, I don't want to say it makes it all worthwhile, but it's, it's, like a, it's like a whole other level to what we do. And to just be able to bear witness to that and see that people love our characters and love the world we're building. There's nothing like that. Excellent. That's a great answer, man. Great answer. All right. So we are officially done with the interview portion of the show. <laughs> However, before we can let you go, yeah. we want to play a quiz with you. We play a quiz with every one of our guests. No boy. It's a five-question quiz. That's just the reaction. Every yeah, your your reaction is not uncommon, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's a five-question quiz. It's all about Star Wars. Okay. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna test your Star Wars knowledge here. Oh lord. Yeah, yeah, buddy. All right, but it's five <laughs> questions. They're all multiple choice, so we do help you out a little bit. Oh, good. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Now, if you get three of the five questions correct, we're gonna send you this mug. It says "I gave <laughs> to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund." Okay. okay, I love mugs. Well, not this particular mug because I've already drank out of this one, but we'll send you a new one. That's right. Uh, and then it's got our, of course, our podcast logo on the back side of it. If you get okay. four questions correct, okay. we're going to send you the mug and this book called Custodians of the Cosmos, written by Nick's dad, Drayton Allen. Oh, and, wow! And he and Nick is uh, Nick's dad is also the founder of our group. Oh. And uh, so this book is written about someone as a young man who wanted to join Starfleet washed out, couldn't make it, and so he rejoined as a janitor so he could boldly clean up after those who boldly just went. Wow. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Oh, I get it. Custodian of the... That's, really, that's, that's a very cool idea. It's a very funny book. It so, sounds like it. But uh, we'll send you both of those if you get uh, if you get four out of five, okay? okay. If, right. however, you can't get to the level of three, we do take a picture of you, and we put it in our group as a funny meme. Are you... <laughs> Are you okay with that? I will allow that, yes. All right. Very good. You didn't use the word, Tim. It's our fun sequence. It's, it's a fun sequence. I have to say that. It's, Are I you going to give me laser eyes? The laser in, we can. My, we can. Oh, yeah, sure. It'll be poorly photoshopped, but it'll be funny. It'll be horribly poorly photoshopped. As it yes, should be. The That's the only way to do laser eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's in my contract. I have to say fun sequence. All right, Nick, <laughs> take us out. 
What was Luke Skywalker's original last name? Was it Skywalker, Skykiller, or Starkiller? Starkiller. Correct. That is correct. Yes! All right, question number two. What is a probot? A, a side project of David Grohl. B, a killer probe droid. Or C, a medical probe droid. Oh, I don't know this one. A robot. Dave Grohl. Does he have any side projects? I'm going to go with Dave Grohl. That actually is a correct answer. <laughs> he is also a killer probe droid. So there were two correct answers. Oh, okay. So in uh, Empire Strikes Back uh, on Hoth, where Han yeah. shoots the probe droid, that's a robot. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but probot is also the name of a side project that Dave Grohl p- did with a bunch of heavy metal guys where all he does is play the drums and he's got different guitarists and singers. Oh, that's super and, cool. Yeah, uh, so if you like, uh, uh, if you like Motorhead, he has uh, a song on there with, uh, with Lemmy from Motorhead. Really is he, cool. Is he a Star Wars fan or is it a coincidence? It's just a coincidence. I don't, I, I'm assuming, I don't know if, he, if he's a Star Wars fan or not, but if be. I ever get Everybody? a chance to at, talk with Dave Grohl, I will ask him that question. Fantastic. Who's the only rebel pilot to survive all three movies in the original trilogy? Is it Wedge Antilles, Neon Nub, or Wes Jansen? Uh, Wedge. You are correct. Correct. All right. You are three for three. That gets you a mug. All right. What species is Yoda? A, Frogdarian, <laughs> B, Quarren, or C, Unknown? C, Unknown. That is correct. Although Frogdarian is really fun to say. Frogdarian is brilliant, however. <laughs> <laughs> He's like making notes for later. Frogdarian. Please, I made that up uh, last, uh, this afternoon. Please feel free to use that if you want to. That's my contribution. I mean, he was eating frogs, so... <laughs> saying... <laughs> All right, that's four for four. That gets you the book and the mug, sir. Amazing. This question is going to be for funsies. This character used to smuggle guns before opening a diner on Coruscant and is partially named after George Lucas's son. Is it... Dexter Jester! There you go. I don't even need the question. He's, he's fantastic. I love it. He's like, I'm going five for five. I don't need your stinking I don't even need your stinking multiple choices. I mean, that's <laughs> a legend. A legend, I say. That's right. Yeah, it's cool, man. Five for five. We'll make sure. So don't don't uh, take right off after we say goodbye to everybody. I'm going to make sure we get your shipping address so we can send right. those off to you, okay? Well, yeah, great. Yeah, great. All right. Well, that was fun. Thanks, guys. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people go and to find out more about you and your work? Ah, the all-important question. Okay, so my website is danieljoseolder.net. On there, you can find, um, in fact, I teach writing classes if you are interested in writing, um, and they're posted online. Uh, There's a website called Skillshare that has video classes. There's one called Knowable that has audio classes. They're about the fundamentals of writing and narrative structure and stuff like that. Lots of fun. Um, You can also find my books, of which I have many, uh, middle grade, adult, young adults, fantasy, sci-fi, magical realism, lots of different things. and, uh, of course, I write the regular monthly comic series, The High Republic Adventures, which comes out from IDW every month 
Um, and I'm a lead story architect for the higher public. On the socials, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at DJ Older. On Instagram is at Daniel Jose One, and on TikTok it is at Daniel Jose Older. And I will say that TikTok is the only one of those that is rated G. Not that I do anything, you know, terrible on the others, but there's cursing on my Twitter and sometimes on my Instagram. Actually, my Instagram is pretty tame. But uh, TikTok, I'm committed to making kid-friendly. Uh, I do write for kids, and the kids are on the TikTok. Um, so that is the safest of spaces. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? That's the main thing. I have um, Race to Crash Point Towers, my most recent Star Wars book. It came out a month ago, something like that. Um, as part of the High Republic Initiative, and it was recently announced that my young adult novel, Midnight Horizon, will close out phase one of the High Republic, um, along with the other Wave 3 books, so that's really exciting. And then outside of Star Wars, my next uh, book is called Ballad and Dagger, and it comes out from Rick Riordan's imprint, um, which is really, really cool. He's that's awesome. Legend, of course, yeah. It's actually their first young adult novel. They usually do middle grades. This is their first time doing young adult. It's called Ballad and Dagger. It's um, lots of really weird mythology mixed in, of course. And it's basically a kid named Mateo in Brooklyn who comes from an island that sank um, 15 years ago and was populated by pirates, among other um, interesting people, including uh, Sephardic Jews who are escaping from the Inquisition and Santeros from Cuba. And they all brought their different gods and demons and angels and monsters and created this culture together, which then ended up in Brooklyn. And now all those gods and demons and monsters are in Brooklyn. And so oh. it's fun and, and uh, madness ensues. And that's me. That's what I'm doing. Awesome. Well, we will make sure that we link all of your socials and your website to our description so that our listeners can find them. And we will make sure that we put in all of your books too so that they can Great. they can find you oh and trail of shadows is a marvel miniseries um in the high republic coming out in october which uh is very creepy Ooh, all right cool yeah all right everyone really remind you that uh subscribing is a single most important thing you can do to help ensure that we get more amazing guests of course like daniel jose older here and funny moments for you guys to be able to listen to so please subscribe it's going to help us more than you can know and be sure to go check out Daniel's work as well. You won't be sorry. He's an awesome Star Wars guy, and he's putting out some awesome Star Wars content for us. Now, if you're not happy with the content of today's videos, all you have to do is submit in single form to the head of our complaint department, Nian Nub. <laughs> sure, no one understands a single word he says, but he always seems to be right in the thick of things. And because of the massive language barrier, he pretty much relies on himself to get the work done. And if he can't handle it, he turns over his reports and all paperwork to another person in his department. That, of course, is Wicket, the Ewok from Endor. Yeah. Sure, all he can say is yub-nub, but we think that's a good thing. But if the office lights go out for whatever reason and you hear Creedence Clearwater Revivals run through the jungle playing over the loudspeakers, you better hope someone's just playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 on an Ewok hunt. <laughs> well, thanks again, Daniel. Amazing. And yeah, all right, cool. I had a great time. Yeah, thanks, man. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number 86. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and helps Annie fix his pod racer, only to be burned by Sebulba's jets, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope. 
because the Redshirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his toolkit. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. information about level up lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below on behalf of the rest of the hosts of funny science fiction we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode if you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes please contact us by means of our facebook group funny science fiction you can find us on twitter or instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi or you can go to draytonallen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page thanks again hope you enjoyed the episode 